Alright, let's send it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, it is good that we are here. Jesus, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for an opportunity to have a beautiful discussion. We thank you for allowing uh, this podcast to be a source of life to both Alex and I. I ask that you bless our words um, to each other and our conversation allow it to be fruitful to us and to whomever may listen. And Lord, in a special way, I want to just thank you for the many graces you poured out of my life this week. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for everything that you give me, um, all the different ways that you're at work. And so I ask that you allow me to never allow the spirit of gratitude to leave, but that I might live from a place of receiving your love fully, um, without reservation. Mother Mary, I ask for intercession. And I ask that you bring these intentions to your son. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Layman's Terms. It is your host, Trayvon, also known as Trevor, also known as Tra- Travis. He's not known by any of those names. This is Trevor Bereka, um, and I'm Alex Shannon. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> can't even <laughs> let it run for three seconds? Come on. <laughs> So disrespectful. Correct things. I need to call it out. (laughs) Rebuke me. Call me higher. Rebuke Um, him. Yes. I love. I love whenever people use stuff like that just to flame people. To be like, dude, I was just trying. I was just calling you higher, man. It's like, no, you weren't. You're just dogging on me. Calling you. That's not the same. Like, uh, one of my teammates last year just roasted the crap out of me for my Canva skills, uh, and. Because I had told her, and I was serious about this, that I wanted to have more like fraternal corrections that semester. Like I wanted people mm-hmm. to be very honest with me and correct me and things. But there's a difference between fraternal correction that, that is loving and seeks to assist versus telling someone what they're terrible <laughs> at. She was like, this camel sucks. I was like, what? how does that help I can me? see that. See, I can see that being helpful where it's like, hey, dude, I think you think you're good at Canva. But, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. You should leave it to other people. <laughs> Dude, but that's the thing is I, I don't think I'm yeah. good. I, I told them I didn't want to make the Canva, but I made it because I was like, I was convinced that if I, you know, they basically they backed me into the corner. They're like, well, if you don't do it, no one's going to do it. Someone needs to do it. We want you to do it. So Trevor, get off your lazy butt and do it. And so I did it. And then my first attempt, I was rejected. I felt like, Cain, you know, I just felt like I'd come with this offering that had been rejected. Um, the first fruits, although with Cain, it wasn't the first fruits, which is why I was rejected. But anyway, um, yeah. And so they're just like, you suck. So I was like, that's not fraternal correction. Like, you got to tell me, you got to like help me improve. You can't just dunk on me. Uh, as you can tell, it's been legitimately seven months and I'm still bitter. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. I forget. Yeah. I'm totally, I'm totally messing up. <laughs> That sounds more like a setup than fraternal correction. It's like doing, like getting you to do something they know you're bad at, just so they could like correct you. Expose me. Expose me. That's okay. Yeah. It was good for my humility. That's funny. No, dude, Trevor. The story I was talking about, the story that I thought was super interesting this week, actually a very cool story, happened. We, uh, the pre theologians, decided to take a little retreat off into a cabin in the woods, um, figured, you know, isolating ourselves, wouldn't put ourselves in situations where we could let uh, the virus that is oh so pandemic right now let our, enter our community. No, instead Um, you just wanted to reenact a famous and well-known horror movie with a a lot of seminarians because that was the idea. Yeah. And uh, four of us made it out. I'm just kidding. Um, No, but... Um, so we had mass on the side of the cabin and it was the only place large enough to hold us all. And so it was outdoors and the priest had made an altar or he had brought like a portable altar with us. Um, and it was actually like like a folding table or no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, no, like actually like a pretty legit folding, like portable altar where like it had, it was like this case that like, like flipped out and became like three times as long and like 
It was interesting. Anyways, it, it makes me think. It's of, impossible to describe over audio. I'm saying it makes me think of. Have you seen uh, what's the Harry Potter, the new one, uh, the one with the uh, fantastic, fantastic yeah, beasts and where to find them? Fantastic and there's a beats, big yeah. fat bag, and it just goes on yeah. for eternity. Anyway, um, no, yeah, and so it was super interesting, and um, during the consecration when he elevated the host. A hummingbird flew down, paused at his chest, like chest level, about like a foot in front of him, and stared up at. I couldn't tell if he was staring at the priest's face or at the priest or at the, at the Eucharist being raised, and it just stopped there, and it was literally hovering for like two seconds, and I was just like, "Dude, this is crazy," and then the priest started to lower the the host. And the hummingbird flew off. And it's just like, that was awesome. And sure enough, like after mass is over, I go to talk to him. And he's like, I was like, Father Aro, like that was crazy, that hummingbird. And he's like, what hummingbird? And I was like, no. did you not see the hummingbird that flew down? And he's like, oh no. Like I didn't even notice that was happening. And so for a second, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, did I just imagine that? And then I asked all the other free theology guys and they're like no that actually happened like they they saw it too and it was just like father Aro just didn't notice it i guess and some of the other guys didn't either i guess they were just f- so focused on yeah the el- the moment moment of the elevation that they didn't notice the hummingbird come down <laughs> but that was just like one of those super crazy moments up the holy there spirit with, bro yeah i don't know if that was uh if you were there for this summer project but one of the summer projects during the elevation in the chapel that we u- usually use, Pondo or Ponder. Pondo? <laughs> Pondo okay, It's super confusing. Came in out it's of super nowhere. confusing because Pondo is the storage room we use in food, food service, and Ponder is the chapel we used, both at I YMCA of the Rockies. As I ponder. Anyways. Um, so. In Ponder Chapel, uh, the elevation was going on, and during the elevation, I didn't see it this time, but other people were talking about it. Apparently, a moose peeked his head in the window yep, during the elevation. You there. were there for that? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I was. Lord, yep. forgive me for not giving my attention completely to you and, and, and the blessed species, <laughs> but I, yeah, I definitely saw said moose and freaked the frick out. Yes. I was like, what is going on? Uh, <laughs> it was just like looking through Dude. like, what's up? Is that my creative? <laughs> it is so crazy. It, it goes to my theory that all of nature believes in the true presence. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> just kidding. Oh my gosh. No, Red yeah. Paper, right. It was super cool though. That is awesome. Especially since it's like a hummingbird, you know, cause you have obviously this, this uh, long lasting imagery of the Holy spirit being associated with it, birds and with the, obviously with a dove. Um, but yeah. that's really cool. And it was also really crazy because it's like that bird should have been scared of father Aro. Like I have no idea why it, it literally came. But is father Aro like a, with... a daunting man or is he just a, a swashbuckler? No, he's, but he's a person, you know, and That's it fair. came like <laughs> well, within that. a foot of him, within a foot of his chest. Like he easily could have just swatted this bird out of the with the Lord, just reason, the swatted. <laughs> but for some reason, this bird like knew, like no, like that's not going to happen. Like it came up and like for some reason trusted Father Rao. That's the only time I saw a hummingbird all weekend too. <laughs> it was so crazy. That is pretty nuts. I'm not gonna lie. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. Um, Dang, I was about. To, I thought that story was about to go somewhere else. I thought you were about to tell me that it that it consumed the Lord, like that it like came up oh, and snatched no. the Eucharist. That would have been so bad. I know. Actually, we were very worried of that. Like, like everybody that saw it swoop down, like all of our like hearts dropped at first, and then we realized like no, it paused and started looking, and we're like, whoa, this is crazy. At a certain parish within a fifty mile radius of us, that will go unmentioned. Um, that I know of. Um, <laughs> in recent memory, there was a dog that did run up to the no. the, the foot of the altar, and, and and it was not during a mass; it was just during a random part of the day, and laid a, a fat turd. Um, oh, and, and it honestly no. killed me a little bit inside. I was like, "That's the Lord up there, and this is doggo." But it was all that it was all taken care of. 
stain removed, everything perfect. But yeah. uh, I just thought of that when you thought it said this. I was like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, not this again. Uh, what is it with these not animals? They can't they can't keep themselves away from the Lord. <laughs> what a, what what is these animals? The the Snoop Dogg video when he does the Plazanet Earth or whatever. Yeah. If you haven't seen yeah. it, it's good content. Uh, especially there, I think there's only cursing at the end. So, and it's bleeped out. So, um, that is a great story. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have any particularly riveting stories. What, what was this weekend? Oh, I I learned to, no, this weekend was actually sick. I learned to wakeboard. That was awesome. Um, good for you. Was out on the lake. We had a team offsite. So we had a lot of meetings planning for the year. Um, and we were in Louisiana, which is where one of my teammates, Megan Landry is from. And, uh, I I had never been to Louisiana and it's just different. The culture down there is so strong. Uh, and it's it's really cool. There's something really beautiful about it because people are so attracted to the the natural goods that the Lord has given us, like family and like yeah, raising people and and, and a good home, yeah. things like that. But uh yeah, it was hilarious because I ate more food while I was there than I like I think I did during a normal week in Oklahoma. Cause Megan's mom was just cranking out meal after meal after meal. Um, it was mm. just super good. I had never had gumbo before. This was actually super embarrassing. I walked up and I, this is so dumb of me. It's like the, the lack of culture is, is through the floor bad. But I walked up and I was like, oh man, yeah, Megan's been telling me all about this jumbo. Can't wait to try this jumbo. And oh, they were like, no. What? <laughs> they got so <laughs> they honestly weren't mad they were just laughing but it was just ridiculous i was like i'm an idiot uh that's funny but yeah so i had some great <laughs> jumbo some great jumbo i mean gumbo no yeah i had some great gumbo it was super good <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> i like, thought you were gonna say that i thought you were gonna say you thought it was a dessert <laughs> like, oh no they're like they're like hey who you calling jumbo <laughs> uh that's a that's a weight joke wow that's funny so yeah, no, a good weekend for sure. Learning how to wakeboard was awesome. Um, they, yeah, just good times. I got nothing else really to say. It was, it was a good week. It was, it was a crazy week. I That's read good. almost all of Father Elijah this week, like in a week sitting. Wow, um, it's nice. Good so good. I have so many thoughts, but alas, yeah. they will not be discussed on said yes. podcast. But gosh, dude. dude, it's so good, dude. Th- that does have a few tidbits though of of the topic that we're going into uh, because the topic we chose for this week was it is good to exist. Like, and there are like a few tidbits in there. I, I feel like I remember there being um, about just the fact that like, it is good just to exist. Um, so yeah, that was the best transition I had to come up with. That was I didn't not realize bad. How I'll, much I'll give you a four <laughs> out of 10. That was not bad. I, I will say I, t- I typically uh, criticize you because you usually do the transitions, um, but that was way less smooth yeah, once yeah. it came out of my mouth than I thought it would It's be. harder than you think, you know? It's kind of like, yeah, the yeah. Hard- I, in my opinion, the hardest part about public speaking is making the transitions from the the opening to your content, the mm-hmm. transition from like a one body point to the next to yeah. the third, and then the, the transitions of public speaking are the hardest part. Everything else... I feel more confident in public speaking than a lot of my friends. Uh, so I like, I, I love, I actually love doing it, but mm-hmm. the transitions is always the part that I labor over. I have to think about ahead mm-hmm. of time. Otherwise I'll just botch it. Um, yeah, you but, can't, uh, it's very hard to improvise a transition. Yeah. So. Cause you, you need Anyways. it to, to fit up. Yeah. Yeah. Back to our topic. Are you, yeah. gonna say, are you gonna say something? <laughs> I was like, wait for you to go. Is is your idea? Yeah, I could say something. Yeah, yeah. Uh so basically yeah, so this is just like something I was thinking about recently is just like I don't know. It's just as simple as like it is good to exist. And I was telling Trevor, this is an idea that like I've had for a really long time that I've just like never really put words to. Um but I just found myself thinking during said weekend at the cabin. Um, I was just thinking like about this topic and specifically one thing that I distinctly remember about this topic was this uh, 
this article that was floating around in certain circles about, uh, I don't know how many years ago now. It was my freshman year of college. Um, and it claimed to be philosophy. Honestly, now I recognize it had very little philosophical content. Um, but the, the thought behind this article was basically this philosopher had made the claim that it was immoral to have a child um, because his claim was basically if the child had a good life, then it was a morally neutral act on your part. If the child had a bad life, it was a morally negative act on your part. Um, which there are a lot of holes that can be poked in that argument. The first hole being th- that the human race would freaking cease to exist. <laughs> yes, yes. An- another hole, just like off-, off the bat, is like you can kind of see the the lack of uh, consistency in reasoning, like right off the bat. But I don't know. Like there's there's a without having to go into a whole lot of like logic as well behind why that's not like a solid argument um i think it's i think it's sound i think possibly actually i don't know if it's sound i've never actually or wait sounds not the word uh whatever it it would follow if the premises were true i think i just don't think that the premises were true um and i also think that i don't know anyways back to the topic i think another thing that's completely missing from this argument is like the idea that to exist is good because I think people just like don't think that anymore. Um and it's just like weird to me because like all of humanity has been fighting to exist since the beginning. Since they like since they began. Um right? And so like one, it's gotta be a good thing to exist. And I think another thing is just like we can forget I'm hitting the table. Sorry. Um, we can forget sometimes at just like a personal level as well that it is just, it's just good to exist. And when we forget that for ourselves, it is extremely easy to forget it for somebody else. Yep. And when somebody's like, when somebody becomes a burden for you, then it is very easy for you to convince them yourself if you don't believe all the time that it's good for you to exist, then this person that's being a burden for you, it's easy for you to justify why you don't think it's good for them to exist. And I think that that's possibly at the heart of a lot of our, um, I guess like just attack, like this culture of death that's spoken about like, I think at the heart of that is just, like, people forgetting that it's good to exist. Trevor, yeah. do you have any thoughts so far? Um. Okay, yes. So, I agree. <clears throat> and so, when I think about this, there, I think there are a number of ways we can dissect this issue. <clears throat> but I think, one, what you were saying is very true um, in that, like, the reason that we don't think it's good to exist for others is is, is rooted in the way that we view ourselves. And this is obviously, Mm -hmm. so this is like the nature of the way that we can talk about sin or about our identity or about love, Um, right? Like this can be taken out of context, um, but I think that there is some merit or some truth in the way that people explain love as being something that you first have to have experienced in order to give to others, Um, right? So like, this is why it is better, it is better like, it's more foundational to the role into entering into the, like the kingdom to be a son before become, become a father. Like you, Mm -hmm. like you have to receive love before you can give it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and this is why we see this modeled by Jesus in the gospels, right? Where he's constantly entering into recesses, especially it's highlighted in Mark's gospel. I was actually listening to a podcast that pointed out that the other day, but you see Jesus just retreat and to spend time in silence and, and whether it's in the mountains or in a quiet place and, you know, it's even the way he instructs us to pray. He's like, when you pray, go into your inner room, be in secret, you know. But anyway, so 
so so right there's there's something spiritually uh, connected to the way that we see ourselves and the way that we see other people and i think this is true like you're saying on, on the plane of like our measuring stick for existence and so mm-hmm. the reason why that that matters is because we often allow ourselves to fall into different um let's say like movements whether it's you know we listen to an eric thomas video on youtube that fires us up to if you don't know who eric thomas is he just basically goes off about why you got to work harder really gets you fired up sometimes sometimes it's not good to listen to depends on what state you're <laughs> in i think um <clears throat> but like we can kind of fall into these movements where we start to to drift right so sometimes i'll be falling into a movement where i'm like yeah you know it's just good to exist and i don't, I don't have to prove anything to everyone and that's a good place to be mm-hmm. what takes me away from that often is the culture and I, and I, yeah. I don't say the culture generically. Obviously, wh- whenever I speak of the culture, I always speak of the work of the evil one attempting to divide mm-hmm. and to, you know, to, to separate us from, from our trust in our Heavenly Father. But I think the culture has, has purported this narrative of, like, significance and, and worth being based on your output. Right? Like, this is the way that we measure just about anything from the business world. Right. If it doesn't do something productive for you, you toss it away, you discard it, whether even if it's an employee and you find someone who could do it better. Right. Um, <clears throat> this is the whole principle behind the industrial revolution. Right. The idea is that if we can get machines to do things and, and, and we can bring people together in factories in a way that they're going to be more efficient than they would be on their own, even if it disparages their quality of life, it, it is it is worth it because output is more important than the actual like, I guess, like parts mm. that are being put in. Right. And so we've, we've mm-hmm. constructed a society around the idea that being is good in as much as that it produces something of merit, whereas the, the, mm-hmm. the whole notion of, of the Christian gospel is founded on the idea that just to be a son or a daughter um, is, is, is to be enough, is, is to be mm-hmm. loved by, by a heavenly father. Not that that doesn't come again. <laughs> it doesn't come in the sense of like, oh, just pray this prayer you save and you chill there the rest of your life. Obviously that's, we don't as Catholics believe that um, because we believe that there, there's a, there's a calling that the Lord has for us to be more fully united to his love and experience it more, more richly, right. To have life and have it abundantly as it says in the gospel of John. Um, but I think that, yeah, that, that we forget, like we take, we can even fall into the world's mindset and take a religious like uh, motivation but still adopt this this view of the world or the culture that that our worth is found in our productivity, even if it's a productivity for the kingdom, as opposed to finding our identity as beloved sons and daughters. So the end of this long rant that is probably about five minutes now. Um, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, that that hundred percent agree, and and I think that it's founded largely um, in a culture that has been indoctrinated in the idea of of output and what we can get for so mm. long. And that we yeah. truly don't live in a Christian culture is the reason why we struggle to, to see anymore that we that existing is good. I don't know. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, no. Yeah. I I totally agree. I think that a lot of it does have to do with this mindset of output. Uh, this mindset of like I feel like I need to be, um, yeah, just outputting something to feel worth why I'm here. But I think also like. This takes on its own roots in like uh, this like hedonistic mindset that we have as a culture Hmm. uh, when like and um, yeah, like I'm thinking of like just like our times during the coronavirus where like I think that like. I don't know. I was I was telling Trevor before the podcast, like I feel like there was just like this strong sense of like why like if I'm existing where I have to be in quarantine all the time and I hate being in quarantine not quarantine, where I have to be like in a stay at home order all the time and I hate being in a stay at home order all the time. Like there's a lot of people that are like then like what good is existing anymore? Because, like, I hate being here. Um, and so, like, I could see myself really falling into that, like, many years ago. Um, like, I'm thinking, like, late high school, like, very, very early college, like, my first year of college. 
uh, where it's like I would have this mindset of like I forget that it's good to just exist and I am like of the mindset of like I like I'm not happy right now like why why do I have to keep existing if I'm not happy right now um you know and so like I think that like that can be very easily applied during like COVID times where people just think to themselves like okay like I'm not enjoying myself anymore like I'm basically just in this purgatory and waiting here all the time and stuck with myself all the time like and this sucks like I hate this and so people kind of forget the important or like the goodness of existence and just like it kind of like can just plummet mental health Mm -hmm. Um, yep certainly and and i think that there is some i don't i don't want to i think that COVID is unnatural like i I don't have any hot takes about the origins or whether or not uh (laughs) what i mean is that to live isolated from community is unnatural um yes it's against the order of nature and i think there's something that is naturally uh maybe threatening to, to mental health because of that yeah um, but I do agree that I think it exposed a lot of people's where they were kind mm-hmm. of finding their definition of satisfaction in life. And I think, I think there's two things I was thinking of while you were talking about this, about like, yeah, people in COVID, uh, people like being at home. I, I think one is that, right. Whenever we have changed the criterion of, of what life is about, we have shifted the criterion from, um, from from like actualization in in the Lord, right? That's 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 what we would have seen the Christian person, like the Christian worldview, right? Is that is that like your purpose is to be united to the cross of Jesus Christ so that you might live with Him in eternity? Um, and so when when we've detracted that, what happens? We've replaced it with this narrative, and it's that the purpose of your life is whatever you want to make it, and whatever makes you feel comfortable uh, and entertained. And mm-hmm. when that, when that happens, one of two things happens that leads to people or, well, there's a, there's a billion ways this actually plays out, but I think it kind of tends toward these two camps. One is that people actually never, uh, achieve the, the means of like reaching that level of happiness. And so they become disenchanted with life because they start to think that if they just had more money or a power or the, or rights, you know, or mm-hmm. culture, you know, uh, governments were set up in such a way to, guarantee the success of enjoying certain physical pleasures and, and, and goods. Um, like if I had these things, then, then yeah, then, then life would be good. Then life would be worth mm-hmm. living, but I don't. Mm-hmm. The other camp is those that whether or not they acknowledge it, because I think the majority don't um, have achieved a, a relatively uh, unprecedented in human history level of, of ease of life and comfort, mm-hmm. um, which is actually most of America. Uh, I would say at least let me rephrase most of my experience of people like ease of life, comfort, including ourselves. Yeah. I'll freaking include myself in a heartbeat. Yeah. 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 Right. So like compared to Pat, like what you were kind of saying earlier that like past generations, right. What would have just been like not taking this for granted so much just because they had to fight to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, continuing on the second point. Or this first point, I think. I, I kind of melded my two points together. But anyway, I think that it's that... Yeah, okay. So ba- basically, because the fact that we don't have to like fight for those goods anymore, and we've shifted our criterion for existence onto like being achieved, you have the person that either doesn't mm-hmm. get it or the person that does get it and is disenchanted and dissatisfied in their heart. And so the mm-hmm. minute that other things go wrong in their life, outside of losing those things, they also like turn away sad. You know, they also turn away mm-hmm. and be like, what is this all about? You know, because, because we know mm-hmm. that these things don't fulfill, but if, if your criterion for happiness that everyone, you know, in your life, because you haven't been, you know, you haven't actually had an authentic witness of the gospel, or you haven't received an authentic witness of the gospel, everyone, you know, in your life has said that these things will fulfill you and they don't. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've, you've tasted of the fruit. Then you're like, well, what the heck is my life worth? Why am I, why yeah. am I in this place? Right. And I think Tom Brady has a very good. Is it Tom Brady that it's has Tom a really Brady. good, yeah, yeah, quote on that? He has this interview. Uh, I think it was with Good Morning America, but I can't remember what it was. But mm-hmm. basically, he says, 
I, man, I've done it all. He's like, I've done everything people said. He's like, I've won three Super Bowl rings. Um, he doesn't say this, but he's currently married to a supermodel. You know, he's like, I, I've, I've achieved the top and somehow I still don't feel satisfied. I keep thinking like, man, there has to be something more. Like, is this all, all, all there is? Um, it, I paraphrase, but that's pretty close. Cause I've actually used that interview at, at, at the start a number, number of Bible studies. Um, but you just listen to that and, and you listen to, uh, Jim Carrey's, I think is even not better, but like more succinct. He says, I, I wish mm-hmm. that everyone could get as rich and as famous as they ever wanted and realize that it's meaningless. Mm. Um, and I think like there's just a, an ocean of wisdom embedded in those two statements from these men who are at the top of their respective industries. I mean, who, who are dissatisfied. Well, the reason they're dissatisfied is not because those things are bad, but because they thought that that was the point of existence. Yeah. Actually, I just looked up the uh, the quote itself uh, from Brady. Um, I actually, but now that you said the Jim Carrey quote, I kind of like that too. Possibly more. Anyways, Brady said, there's times, there's times where I'm not the person that I want to be. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, Maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think, uh, uh, he uses the Lord's name in vain here. It's got to be more than this. <laughs> I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27, and what else is there for me? The interviewer yeah. goes, what's the answer? Brady, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> the classic U2 song. And I still haven't found what yeah. I'm looking for. No, yeah. yeah. I do think that that's very relevant, though, to, like, what you're saying is, like, there is something to, like, I think a lot of people, like, the reason they don't, part of the reason they don't think that it's good to exist is, like, they don't even know what existence is all about. And so, like, when we, when we just, like, I mean, like, I think Tom Brady and, like, Jim Carrey are kind of, like, examples of, like, hedonism, where it's, like, the idea of, you know, like, I just, I just am seeking pleasure, I'm seeking, like, this feeling, this great feeling, and, like, I'm not actually finding it in the world, um, you know, but, like, I do think this part of, like, this thinking that existence isn't so great is from the fact that hedonism is so empty you know and a lot of the things that people say is so important is so empty these days so a lot of people are like when the feeling wears off why why do i still why am i still here you know and um i don't know like i'm just thinking yeah just like getting pretty like like direct about it like i think that like I think that this is very like an underpinning part of like our culture of death is like this sense of like once people like now that people don't, I don't know. I, I, I think part of it is like now that people like don't believe in God anymore. And so like they don't see the goodness of existence based off of what gives existence goodness in the first place um because because of that they like they just kind of like make the assumption that existence isn't good Mm -hmm. um then and then i think there's other things too that remove us from the goodness of existence the fact that so few of us are like this is gonna sound super hippie of me but like so few of us are connected with nature the way that we used to be Bro, did you read ladante um, c or something no i'm just kidding I'm yeah kidding, I'm kidding. i mean but also like that's not even like hippie like that's just like catholics also where it's like it's just like people are very connect not not really like actually in nature very often anymore and very rarely spend time alone with their thoughts and so they're not used to being alone with their thoughts anymore so when they're just there existing with their thoughts and nothing else it sucks and it's like scary because they're so not used to it um and that's so okay so this is where i'm gonna piggyback off a lot of podcasts and things i've been thinking about lately 
Um, mm-hmm. I was listening to Catholic stuff you should know, and I know that like I, a number of podcasts that we listen to also have brought up this episode, so which is why I listened to it. But I listened to their uh, Addicted to Mediocrity uh, mm-hmm. episode. Did you listen to it? Is that the one on? <laughs> I, I did listen to it, but it's been like, I listened to it like the day it came out. And I think that's yeah, the last it's been time over a month now. It. So I'm kind of uh, behind yeah. the times, but basically <clears throat> hence the fact that other podcasts have already done episodes about said episode. But anyway, basically like it gets into what you were just saying about like not being able to be in silence anymore. It calls, it, it talks about how there's this quote they read from oh, yeah. speaking of Father Elijah, Michael D. O'Brien. Yeah. Um, yeah. In an interview he did, <laughs> and um Bishop Olmstead quoted it in, in in its entirety to uh to the people that he was preaching to, which was one of the priests um who <clears throat> is on the Catholic Stuff You Should Know podcast. But anyway, basically the short of it is he he says that we gosh, all right, edit this out. I'm gonna pull up the quote so I don't butcher this. Um <laughs> you're good. I'll talk real quick while you're looking for that quote. Uh, just while okay. I'm trying to keep my mind up on what I was saying. Um, also, I think another thing is like the fact that another thing that removes us from why we think that life is good, that existence is good, is the fact that like I think a lot of us like really struggle with not having like very strong connections with our neighbors and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know. Like, and I think there are several, a lot of reasons why people don't think that life existence is good anymore that like don't necessarily have to do completely with the fact that people have lost their faith in God. But I think like other things, like another, like that, I think that that's important because as, um, oh man, where was I going with that? Hold on. You keep looking for that quote. <laughs> I found it. Okay, cool. You go. Okay. You sure? Yeah. 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 So, so the quote, um, and it's super related to this idea of not being able to dwell in silence that you're talking about, right? So mm-hmm. O'Brien is, is, is in this interview and he says, <clears throat> um, Catholics in general need to unplug from the nearly universal dominance of commercial entertainment culture, by which I mean like electronic culture. If we mm-hmm. were to do so, we would no longer, and here comes the part you're talking about, we would no longer fear silence. And we would experience a new richness of life as we move away from the psychological cosmos of frantic consumerism. We would mm-hmm. also grow in gratitude, reverence, and attentiveness to the holy, which is all around us. But, mm. and this is where I think this this hits home, for to me, but we first have to recognize that we've been drugged. Yes, we believers, mm. no less than unbelievers. If we hope for a true new renaissance, we will have to first of all deal with our addiction to mediocrity, and at the same time keep our eyes open for those creative buds of new life that rise up against all odds in the midst of the soul-killing tsunami of contemporary culture. We must encourage this new life wherever it appears. We must give the coming generation the courage to believe in the impossible. Um, yeah. And I love where he said, like, we have to wake up and realize that we're drugged. And, and so this is where, when -hmm. you're talking about all this, I think a lot of people have heard this before, right? They've Mm -hmm. heard the idea that it's good to exist. They've heard your beloved son and daughter of the father. Mm -hmm. And, and if, and I'm assuming to most people listening to this podcast, they probably believe that to some extent, but here's, here's the tricky part. And this is something I actually was just talking to Kenzie about this this week. And I've been praying about this a lot this week. So this is perfect timing. I don't think that we really believe that a lot of us. And and the reason mm-hmm. why I say that is because the reality that we have to admit is that we are somewhat indoctrinated to the culture while we claim to separate ourselves from it. Like this, like to the degree that we have not been perfected in virtue and our heart hasn't been fully healed from the wounds and like parts of our past, we still are clinging to these ide- ideologies of the world to some extent. Um, hmm. and, and, and it's not even about like, I, like, I wouldn't be like, yeah, it's great to be just always noise or all these things, but it's the way mm-hmm. that I, that I live that betrays my own heart. My actions betray my yeah. heart. The way that when I do get alone, I do gravitate to want to use social media. When I do get alone I in the car, mm-hmm. I do want to flip on the radio. Like 
Yeah. It's because I've become so habituated to noise that the mm. very thought of existing, of just being, becomes yeah. a nuisance to me that it has to be filled with something else. Like I can't, I can't tolerate That's the so silence. Um, and yeah. so I, I'm getting better yeah. at that. But I think that the reason I emphasize that is because we all like, I think many of us would admit like, yeah, you know, existence is good. But yet the ways that we, we habituate ourselves to denying that reality by those little mm. drugs, because whether it's getting hammered on the weekend, which is a, a unanimous statement that it's not good to exist um, mm. because it's, you know, saying I, I want my reality altered because I don't enjoy the one I'm living in um, mm. or whether it's, you know, these little things we do to fill our time, we have to realize yeah. that we have the intuition to do this at all times. Yeah, man. Yeah. That is a very good connection you made too. And what's really fascinating about that, just, uh, what's the word? Not allegorically. Um, Pedagogical. I don't know, whatever. No. Um, anyways, just like what, what is actually like, interesting about that is this is a topic that like really came back up for me during a time that I was very unplugged nobody had service at the cabin we were at and so we were very much like living in reality and like we couldn't fill our time with you know like you can't fill your time with these things also that's been a big theme of the week is like trying to unplug more and more of out of like things like social media I've blocked Facebook and Twitter yep. on my phone now. That's why I reached out to you about like finding somebody to manage our social media because it's too much of a temptation for me. Like I not even like temptation, but it's just like, I don't even enjoy it. Like I just don't like every time I go on, especially Twitter, it's like, I don't have a Twitter except for the layman's terms one. And so then I'll, I'll find like things that people are retweeting and I'm like, Oh wow, this is, super interesting even though it's not interesting at all i'm literally just filling my time <laughs> you know and um yeah. stuff like that where it's like like i i think it's good that i'm blocking this is also why i'm looking into the light phone lately like maybe i'm getting on that kick where it's like i just like it's basically it's the one that will Sitton has um yeah, I know. that yeah, he actually that, got rid like, of it. He has an iPhone now, but <laughs> no, no. Well, why? <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, the, but the thing with the light phone is like it literally just texts and calls, and they're trying to make a map for it, and you can listen to music on it, and that's it. And it's like I think that's pretty important because then we lose those those gaps where like we just fill our time with like dumb stuff like literally there's this dumb app that i have well it's not a dumb app it's actually pretty useful pocket uh you can save articles and um you can save like different stuff it's just like it's pretty good bookmarking app mm -hmm. um however it has this suggestions tab which why does it have a suggestions tab absolutely no reason because i want you to spend more time on the app exactly exactly that's the only reason and so like i'll literally like i've deleted everything else on my phone that i can waste time on and like blocked youtube and deleted the app and like all of this stuff and then i'll sit on my phone like when i have like 10 minutes of free time and i have nothing else to do i'll literally scroll through articles and just read the titles and not even like not even remotely interested in them and it's, mm -hmm. it's because of this like this buildup I've built in myself of just like looking to fill that void um, that the anima, yep. anima technica vacua where it's like yep. trying to fill That's that the about. void yeah. in our life with technology, but that void's there for an important reason. It's to help us like recognize the presence of God in our life around us. Yes. And I think that's yes. a super important connection that you made where it's like, I, yeah, you're right. A huge reason. Of course, there's other reasons that are really large, but I think maybe the largest reason that existence is under the attack is that we don't like existence without the things that we've filled into our lives. We don't like existence without our smartphones, and we don't like existence without our apps and social media, and we don't like our existence without our video games and without our movies and all that stuff like that. 
We don't yes. like existence being alone and being in silence. And even we don't, we convince ourselves that we don't like our existence when we're, when all we have to keep ourselves entertained is other people. We convince ourselves of that. But really, there are studies done that show even introverts, like actually introverts to the same degree, are fulfilled way, way, way more by spending time with other people than by pretty much any other activity. That's actually like one of the podcasts that I put on the show notes the other week, um, the like happiness podcast or whatever, like goes into very like deep detail of that, of like, for yeah. some reason we like convince ourselves that we don't like, we don't want to spend time with other people. But in reality, like that is a, the most fulfilling thing that we can do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. No, yeah. to be with people. And and that's why yeah. social media is such a pseudonymous title because it's antisocial. Yes. Um, yes. And, and it it focuses on connection and not on communication. Like you yes. can connect at a very shallow level with people, extremely shallow. What conversation have you ever had with somebody that was any good that lasted 140 characters? But that's like what you're limited to on social media. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm not saying that 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 like I'm not I'm not in the burn it pile yet, but I'm getting closer by the day. Uh um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there yet. I do think that it can be redeemed to some extent. Yeah. But I think that we have to be to be just yeah, I think we have to be honest. And you can look behind the psychology of the way that like your smartphone and everything else is designed. Mm-hmm. And you have to acknowledge that unless you are better than you think you are. So once again, you're living outside of reality because you're living in pride, which is mm-hmm. not reality because hub- humility is reality. Like actually seeing the world for you and the world for how it is. Um, right. So, and we, we could do a whole other podcast on that. I think we might've actually, mm-hmm. but um, if that's the case, well then we all have this, uh, I think notion that when we go to our smartphone, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not addicted. And if I am, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's just social media. It's not like I'm doing cocaine. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what every addicted person said about their addiction to whatever they're addicted to. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the, this is the problem. We don't understand and we don't acknowledge that that we are by nature suggestible and that social, like social media and our phones and technology are largely designed to suggest for the sake of turning you into a consumer. Like- Mm-hmm. there are there are content creators but there are more way 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 more content consumers um and, and when yes. you think about yep. this from from a theological perspective what what is the one what is one word we use to predominantly describe our heavenly father it's he's creator what's a word mm-hmm. that you could use to describe evil like this the evil one a consumer he can he consumes Mm. those things that, that like that come to him like that is his entire journey is to consume the human hearts um and so it's like yeah i, I don't want to proudly associate myself i'm not saying that in in our existence <laughs> as humans we can't avoid consuming because we have yeah. to consume to to yeah. live like that's natural but i think it it's unnatural the way that we have predicated our existence yeah. on a, like consuming more than creating um mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not trying to be like a Luddite here or anything like that, but like I I do I do I will say like by far I think everybody recognizes this to some degree. By far. Like social media is taking a much much po- larger portion of our life than it should. And our best and- shot at correcting that is to get rid of it altogether. I think or uh, I'm not saying like burn everything. I'm saying like personally for you, if you are struggling with that, like I don't think that you can go all the way from like all the way from consuming it at every moment, every day that you have free to like, to like prudently doing it without the step in between being like spending time away from getting rid of it for like a month or so, or honestly 90 days, 90 days is a good, good time period, you know? Yeah. And, and and I think what you're saying, one, 100% agree. That's that's how you break all addictions, and we have to admit that we have an addiction. Mm-hmm. Like like he said, you know, yeah. Mike, Michael D. O'Brien, who's a much wiser, holier, more in tune with the Holy Spirit, contemplative person than I am, said this exact same thing, that we have an addiction to mediocrity. Um, mm-hmm. We have to first recognize that we've been drugged 
you know, that we're, that we're living in this psychological cosmos of frantic consumerism. And here's, and this is where it really hit me when I was dry. So I drove the other day, I had to get my car inspected in Missouri, which kind of sucked because it took like 10 minutes and I had to drive seven hours to make it happen, but whatever, beside the point. <laughs> um, so I'm listening to podcasts. <clears throat> what? I'm listening to podcasts on the way there. And I'm listening actually to both the Catholic stuff. You should know one and the catching foxes episode that they did on that as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what I just like felt convicted of as I was there is I, I flipped from that podcast to another one. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, true. We do like, it with podcasts I'm literally too. doing this right now. Uh, and, you know, and, and I'm not saying like listening to multiple podcasts in a day is inherently evil, but what I am saying is that I didn't even take time to let, this is why I'm so fired up about this right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I actually gave it time to pray about this afterwards. Instead of turning the next mm-hmm. podcast, I prayed like, in the car Mm-hmm. And I'm not, oh, look at me. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, <laughs> like, I I chose the response that should be natural to us, but because we've been so alienated from our real selves, it's not. Like, instead of jumping from one lesson to the next, it's like, could I actually sit with this in a way that allowed it to change my internal reaction? And mm-hmm. I, you know, I was trying to do that by not listening to the next podcast. Um, and so, yeah. if you're listening to us right now and you haven't prayed for like 20 minutes today, like turn this off. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. That's what I was because it's like, are you, are you pr- placing your kind of creature comforts, your desire for for consuming mm-hmm. content above your relationship with the Lord? And if you are, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the Lord has grace and mercy for you. That's like He had for me. But like, realize that that you're headed down a path toward of of the world. Like we all are when when we allow these things to consume. It's like me this week. Like like Alex. Like I'm not, I'm not saying this in the like attacking. I, I recognize this in myself. We're headed down a path where we can no longer sense God's presence in our life, and we will become exactly what we started this podcast with. And I think is really the same theme. We will become disenchanted with reality, and we will no longer believe that it's mm-hmm. good to exist. And whether that happens mm-hmm. overnight, you know, whether that happens, and it, and it and it comes often. I think to kind of finish my thoughts here, I think that it. None of us, at least at first, would outright say that existence isn't good, but we'll color our existence to be mm-hmm. good and to be bad in, in certain scenarios, right? So, mm-hmm. so like the Catholic view is that existence is good, period, exclamation point, actually. Mm-hmm. actually. Um, authentically Catholic. But the way that we live yeah. is that existence is good under certain circumstances, but others it isn't. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, again... This is because we have not allowed ourselves to enter into difficult moments because we've turned to numbs in those moments. And so whenever the hard times come, it may, if, we, if we don't have a comfort that we can numb ourselves with, existence becomes unbearable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think another challenge that I would say is, one, after this podcast ends, and like Trevor said, even if you have prayed for 20 minutes today, or, of course, like even longer, like... If you've, no matter how long you pray today, once this is over, I, I like what you said, like spend like f- five minutes just like taking in what you just heard, contemplating it instead of just like flipping on the next thing. Like think to yourself like, okay, like what, what thoughts were actually running through my head? Like, what do I need to process here? Um, And then another thing like I would add too is just like the importance of like, like I think so tomorrow we're doing a day of recollection at the seminary. That means like from the morning until five o'clock, uh, we literally like we're spending the day in silence except for two conferences that will be given to us. Um, and they're each like an hour long and then mass of course. And, uh, and prayer and the rest of the day is just in silence. And it's like not necessarily in direct prayer, but like kind of in like prayer to the degree of like trying to trying to like keep yourself centered on god but like other than that like we can do normal things like i'm i'm planning to do like my laundry tomorrow and like i'm planning to like hopefully clean off my desk and like stuff like that but like not not to a degree where i'm just trying to distract myself with those things um but like i think that spending days like that every once in a while we do it every month of just like doing having having no noise like really being in silence in fact during 
sorry i'm also i'm taking away from you right now Trevor. i'm going on a total rant um but like the day that i like really solidified in my heart that i'm like okay i like i i know for sure that i'm like being called to go to the seminary next year the day that that was like really solidified for me i had like reached out to a bunch of friends that day and all of them either didn't respond to me or were busy and i had to spend the day alone and for some reason in my head i'm like you know what i'm gonna do today oh actually i think it's because we were on exodus 90 at the time Um, (laughs) but i for some if not which i actually don't think it, it, it was because i think it was before exodus 90 started it was it was because like i had kind of like told myself i'm like i like i'm just like not going to listen to music and podcast while i do this this stuff like until like one of my friends calls me and like literally like from when i woke up until like it was probably like six or seven at night before somebody called me and the whole day i spent in silence and just like walked around and like did household stuff and and like it was a really good day and during that day i'm like i like that was when like i didn't even directly pray about it but like that was what when i was like solid like solidly like confirmed like i need to go to the seminary next year um so yeah sorry rant over trevor i actually think i'm listening because i remember but no you didn't uh because no and that's powerful because i mean you're sharing how silence was was foundational and you're hearing god's Mm -hmm. voice right Mm -hmm. and and seeing like kind of your your calling in life and that's so wrapped up in this Mm -hmm. idea of if you hadn't habituated yourself to like disposing yourself to silence more often that wouldn't have been possible for you Mm -hmm. you would have turned to something um but you were able to do that because you had because why because you had been beginning to believe more fully this idea that the lord loved you and that existence was good Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that you wanted to to hear his voice, to to hear the the voice of the loving Father more often, yeah. In order to believe that with more fullness, um, yeah. And obviously, like you know, everything goes back to the fall in terms of our sin. But I mean, this is what this I, this lie that existence isn't good is 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 the very lie that like tempted our 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 forefathers in the flesh, Adam and Eve, right? Like when they were were given the opportunity to, to bite of this, this fruit of the knowledge of, of good and evil, basically, you know, it was like, of course you will not die. You know, God knows that you will be like him knowing good and evil. This is what, what the servants mm-hmm. like twisting them with. Right. And basically what he's saying is your existence as it is, is not good enough. Um, you need something to, to add on to it. So the very first mm-hmm. lie from the father of law is, is, is this encouragement to not believe that existence is good. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think that this is like foundational to, to believe. And it's important. <clears throat> I think the whole point we've been kind of going back and forth on this whole time is that to realize that it's not enough to just be like, yeah, I love me. I love God. Life is good. You have to really believe that. And to believe something is to mm-hmm. is to give unto yourself to allow that truth to hold weight in your life. Like you, you don't mm-hmm. you don't believe in anything that you don't allow the truth of that to, to perpetuate into your life. Yeah. And so, yeah, like allow it to be a real belief. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And not in a way that you're like constantly questioning yourself, like I suck, like all this stuff, but it's like, no, like I'm, I'm holding, I am the one holding my fetters, holding my chains mm-hmm. that the Lord is desperately like asking to take away from me. I'm the one holding them and unwilling to allow, like to let them go because I, I, because I want to stay here in this place that's comfortable. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you just got to be, or not even uncomfortable, but at least it's known. At least I understand it to some extent. And it's like, yeah, you got to be willing to like to let go of those of these these creature comforts mm-hmm. that are holding us to um, reject reality, to reject existence, because otherwise we're mm-hmm. never going to be able to believe with all of our heart that existence is good in every form that it takes place. Um, yeah, 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 so yeah. Get out and of that I, culture of death, baby. Yeah, you go. True. I do think it's it's important too sometimes with um with these things that we like tell ourselves like okay yeah like for for example like when we tell ourselves like you know like to love our neighbors like it the the hardest part like to really love your neighbor you have to like 
focus on loving the neighbor that you like the least. Like you have to focus on loving the guy that um, really gets on your nerves, you know, and that you really don't like. Like to truly love your neighbor is limited by your ability to love that person. And I think in a similar fashion to really believe that existence is good, we have to spend enough time in existence when it's not as fun and like yeah. recognize that like, at least like as, this as is good. Yes. Yeah. And recognize like this is good. Like the time that is hardest to recognize that it's good to exist we need to spend time in that so that we can like really truly say to ourselves like existence is good because this part of existence like existing during this time where I thought that it wasn't as good actually now that I've spent a bunch of time in it I now recognize it is good and I think that that time like you said Trevor is time that's not mediated that time that we're just stuck alone mm -hmm. and yeah, just like in specifically like times of silence. Yep. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and that's gotta be gotta gotta end that power of silence, as Cardinal Sarah once said. Um, yeah. I've never yeah, actually I, read I, that book, but <laughs> I haven't either, yeah, but I want to. I saw some reading. Um like, uh, Yeah, but I, I just think this whole topic is so important and it's, and it's important Yeah, again to reevaluate our beliefs and to realize, like you said, when are, where are the times that we're resisting it, you know, and, and mm -hmm. to look ourselves yeah. in the face and to, to be square and be like, this is my plan for action. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think we've said a lot, but I think, and I yeah, think there's a lot more, stuff. more that could be said on this, on this topic. And if you're interested, we could link, you know, the catching foxes episode and the, the, mm -hmm. uh, Catholic stuff, as you know, episode. Um, but yeah, and just stuff that just to be mentioned too. Yeah, absolutely. But just to be aware that I need to grow in my, I, I think for me, it's been a big call, especially as I've been reading my, uh, father Elijah, which is written by the same guy of the quote I shared, Michael D. Bryan. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, basically like father Elijah's falls in the book are always predicated on times that he's not fervent in prayer. Um, he's not mm -hmm. fervent in his dedication to silence and he wavers. Um, and so, I think I've become even more convicted this week. Like, gosh, like I'm not necessarily on the same type of mission as father Elijah. If you've read the book, um, but I know <laughs> that the Lord has, has a great plan for my life, just like he has yours. Um, just like he has everyone's. And so it's like, am I willing to, to live in relationship with him right now? Because I know that I'm going to need that intimacy. I'm going to need that ability to enter into his presence, to ask and to intercede for those things that he places on my heart around me if I, if I truly desire to be his hands and feet in this world and that's going to have to take acknowledging that existence is good and entering into it with him at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good stuff. I am going to lead us out in a prayer so that yes, I can sir. get rest for Compline. <laughs> all right. In the name of the father <laughs> and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for helping us to realize what it's it is funny how we come into these episodes not even realizing what takeaways we ourselves are going to take from this episode, the episodes we record. Um, Lord, thank you for helping us to re recognize these things, for teaching us. Help us to use it to love you more and to serve you better. Lord, to give our all to you to devote ourselves to you, to your sacred heart, to your sacred love. Lord, help us to feel the gaze and to love you more and more as we sit in these times, these brief moments of pause in these brief moments Recognize what's truly going on around us. Be grounded in the real world that we're in. Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. Help us to recognize 
more and more of what you do for us. We thank you as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, this has hey. been Layman's Terms. Thanks for joining us today. Well, uh, we'll be seeing you. Yeah, we'll see you.